The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. And of course, we will be talking about RTE because when you get within the papers today, it isn't the only game in town, but it's very close to the only game in town. And there is an awful lot of analysis of all that is going on in RTE because as with the way these things do, from small acorns, big oak trees grow. And there are now uh, issues to do with perks and access to gifts and cars and all the rest of it. There's financial accounting and corporate governance. There are strategic decisions around things like Toy Show the Musical and at the Part of it, there is Ryan Tuberty and Noel Kelly going to attend the Oireachtas Committees on Media and um, the Public Accounts Committee on Tuesday. And of course, the news that yesterday Kevin Backhurst, the incoming Director General, met with unions and staff in RTE and had what seems to have been the first positive, possibly the first meeting between senior management and union groups since this uh, whole scandal erupted. And with us, is Seamus Dooley, who is Irish Secretary of the National Union of Journalists. First of all on that, Seamus, the meeting was positive, as I understand it. Yeah, the fact that the meeting took place was positive uh, and uh, Kevin Backhurst's approach was very positive. Uh, it was a, a very lengthy meeting and almost two hours. Uh, a lot of what was said was obviously confidential. Uh, but I think the content was less important than the fact that the meeting took place, that before he takes up his position on Monday, that he broke his holidays to meet staff immediately after the minister. That sent a very powerful signal. He also was very clear in acknowledging uh, that what had happened has had an impact on staff morale. Staff morale is broken. He returns to a very different newsroom, to a very different news and current affairs operation. Uh, I would have known him. Other members of the delegation did not. It was therefore so they were impressed, impressed by his bluntness. He didn't overpromise. Uh, I think that's important. He recognises the challenges uh, and he recognises that it is going to be a big struggle to restore trust. The other Because point- it has to be said, Seamus, on that. RTE classically over the decades has been an oil tanker. It doesn't respond fast to managerial changes. Uh, Yeah, I I think you're probably being kind there in some respects. And it is an organisation which needs to learn to respond. And there isn't any uh, reason why, for instance... uh, the the new the interim deputy director uh, didn't meet us other than I suppose they have been tied up in process and I would grant them that one of the problems I think that the incoming director general could have is dealing with so much administration dealing with so many committees dealing with so many reports that he doesn't get to do the job of being director general I was impressed by the fact that he's actually planning to meet staff he's planning to go to Galway he's planning to go to Cork he has always made a point of of the regions. An interesting story about him which tells his style is that there was a tradition in RTE that on Christmas Day the Director General would drop into Donnybrook for people who were working on Christmas Day. Um, Kevin Backhurst was the first person as Head of News and Current Affairs to remember that there was actually people working in the west of Ireland and he rang the people in Radio took there. And that simple gesture was interesting. That doesn't mean we're not going to have rows. I think it's going to be very difficult, but he has that empathy which will be needed, but it will have to be backed by a very strong... Uh, commitment to solving long-term problems and there are a number of them. Well, this is the issue. Whatever about the immediate fire that he has to put out, he has two major challenges in terms of a funding structure, which we have known and it has been roared from the rooftops for the last 10 years is significantly problematic and he has a relevance challenge with new media that would have been 
major, major strategic issues for the uh, broadcaster, even shorn of the current problems that he has. I, I, I mean, the funding, the funding issue is outside his pro, outside his uh, ability to. In, well, he can influence. I think one of the things that is necessary is a more active engagement with politicians, with government uh, and with stakeholders. And, you know, nice ads about supporting the arts doesn't cut it. People need to be convinced of the relevance and people do get it. And I think people make there are two RTEs. There's the corporate and there's the organisation that delivers. And not just my members, it's, you know, people on the ground, people all doing technical jobs, people doing research, all of those. But that message needs to get through. Interestingly, I think the fact that this story has been given so much life is proof that people do care about RTE. And, you know, I have a a, a job which involves industrial relations in RTE. There's no reasons where why I, for the first time ever, actually got a card this week, which, which is fan mail. I've never got fan mail in my life, just from an ordinary punter. And I think that in a way that, that shows that RTE is relevant, but you can't take that loyalty for granted. That is, to some extent, hinged, I assume, on the fact of very well-known personalities being involved in all of this. And prime amongst them is going to be Ryan Tuberty walking in to the Oireachtas committees on Tuesday, side by side with his agent, Noel Kelly. And we're told from the papers today that they are both going to have legal representation, not active in the committee, but sitting with them from their uh, solicitors firm, Hayes Solicitors, which represents both of them. From the two of them at that committee meeting, what are you hoping you will see? Well... First of all, I hope what we don't see is the two of them consulting with solicitors before they answer every question. I think that's a danger. I think people, you know, Ryan Tuberty has been seen to be upfront and honest. People have perceived him as that. I think that, you know, it is important that Ryan Tuberty tells the story. I think it's more important that he actually is allowed to tell the story. I have a concern that some of the politicians think that this is dancing with the stars and that they're in tight or that they're supposed to give, you know, and they talk about performance. And so, so it is really important that, that this, that they are questioned, but they're questioned on the basis of what happened. Uh, I don't believe that Ryan Tuberty has to justify his payment. Uh, I believe that RTE have to justify what they gave him. What I think his main job, and that might sound strange to say, is that he needs to tell them what happened. But do you not think that there is a justification required for being a counterparty to a deal that, in the chairman's view, was designed to deceive? Oh, I absolutely think that. I think, I think but, but to be clear, what we need to know is the exact the steps, how that happened. And that's where I believe that there's a danger of you know, legaling up. Like, I don't, I, I don't, I mean, Ryan clearly thinks he's worth this money and RTE paid him that money. What we, what, what's important in this process is that we know exactly what happened. Like, I was lied to. I was told by senior executives, I sat across a table from D. Forbes who told us that, you know, that, all the all the stars, as they were calling, were actually getting the same cuts. That didn't happen. When we had a letter, uh, when he got a letter saying, well, you won't be cut for five years, the researchers who made him sound like he knew more than he did were on were taking major cuts. Their increments were cut. And I think there is inevitable, there, there was a pay cut six months later. Inevitably, I think some of the committee are going to want to talk to him about that. And I think he has an obligation to do so. In the case of Mr. Kelly, Mr. Kelly does the best for his clients. 
but there are real concerns about the power and influence that he has. So I think the committee will want to know what exactly is that role. And in fact, it's not a role, one role. He has multiple roles because he influences not just the presenters. He also has, he influences guests. That influences the talent. It influences what's the cross-fertilisation in terms of the agents that the, pe- the people on his books who get their books reviewed on the Late Day Show or on the Clare Bourne Show or whatever. Uh, but he also, of course, has, you know, advertising and commercials. So he wields huge influence. Well, as evidenced by the, the Chief Financial Officer indicating that he was willing to sign off on €75,000 of what he believed to be consultancy fees to Noel Kelly yeah. without yeah. It drawing yeah. much yeah. in the way of a question. Can I ask briefly on that, Seamus, the, the role of agents generally in RTE, the NUJ through your offices has long raised concerns about them uh, being involved at all. Why do presenters need agents to negotiate on their behalf? Well, I don't think they need, a, a, I mean, I think they clearly feel that they need agents to advise them on their, their what they should be looking for. That's no problem. Everyone should take advice. I'd prefer to take it from unions. But there is a reality here. There, there's two ways you can circumvent normal employment legislation. One is to have an agent and register yourself as a company. Uh, and I find in the state broadcaster that shouldn't be possible. And in the case of RTE, for the lower ranks, they ordered them to be bogusly self-employed. We rectified that and we got that sorted. There is no logic there. And we made that point. And I made it directly to Joe, to D Forbes in negotiations. When we were looking for pay talks, we were told a number of these people on this list here have contracts and we can't touch them. Therefore, they will take the pain, but later. So you have the bizarre situation where the human resources director, who is the person responsible for staff, has no jurisdiction over the people on that list. They were on D Forbes' rich list. Then you have this situation where Noel Kelly can, I mean, he is, the, the, the description, I'll never forget it, one of a leading person in RTE said, Noel Kelly can come in, park his car outside, put his key in reception and walk into any room on this floor. That's a huge power. And it's a power because he is A tribute to his efficacy as an agent. Absolutely. And, you know, no one should ever criticise someone for doing the job they're paid to do. It is how they are responded to by management. And if I was a HR manager in particular in RTE, and I feel very sorry for them, I don't often because they're normally across the other side of the table, I would be mightily pissed off at some of what has revealed because they they also feel undermined. And I think that's the culture that Kevin is going to have to address as Kevin Backhurst when he comes in. Final thing, you have said uh, on this programme and on others over the last number of weeks about the impact on morale and how uh, hurt and betrayed your members and wider staff feel. Do you hold out much hope for that morale turning a corner soon? Yesterday, someone I know who has been an RT person for a very long time, said that it was the first time this week that he took off his badge and put it in his pocket before he left the gate because he didn't want people to know that he worked in RTE. That'll change and it will change, but it will have to change because you can have all the legislation and all the committees in the world, but if there's not a corporate a change in the corporate mindset, there'll be more people changing their badges and there will be people walking out the gate. If you don't, people don't want to be associated with an organisation that's in crisis, but this will pass. I can remember that, you know, the Irish Times, when that corporate trust was reformed, I was involved in the negotiations on that. Irish Times came very close uh, to going under that reform. And what saved that was journalism. The Indo survived, I've said this before, the hacking of phones and the instruction of members of their own board. It's good journalism and investment in journalism, which wins the trust of the people. Seamus Dooley, Irish Secretary of the National Union of Journalists. Thank you very much. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.